get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. Always happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our friend and the Cardinals insider for Cardinals.com. He's John Denton joining us here on the show. John, we appreciate the time as always. I hope Cincinnati's treating you well. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, BK. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Always happy to have you on. So, uh, John, the Cardinals have won 12 of their last 16 games. They are now just five games back in the NL Central. I just saw a piece a little bit ago from a writer in The Athletic that covers the Cubs that said they better get this turned around quickly or they're going to be starting to sell off pieces. Are the Cardinals already the favorite in your mind to win this division despite the fact that they're six games uh, under five hundred? You know, as crazy as it sounds, I think they are. I think, you know, I think the Milwaukee Brewers got a got a good sign of that when they were at Bush, uh, you know, last week. Cardinals took two out of three in that series. Uh, you know, uh, I think David Ross said yesterday, he said, thank goodness the rest of the division has played like blank or we'd be out of it right now. But, you know, I think everybody in the division knows that the Cardinals are still the favorite. Uh, baseball reference, I believe, has the Cardinals as a 60% favorite to to win the NL Central, which, you know, when you get off to your worst start in like 80 years and you're still the favorite to win the division, I'm afraid that says more about the division than it does about the Cardinals. John, we, we've talked a lot about the impressive start to the season that Nolan Gorman has had, and we just spent a couple of segments ago talking about how he's now putting himself in this MV3 conversation that I thought Wilson Contreras was going to hold. Uh, what's the ceiling, in your opinion, of this Nolan Gorman as he continues to grow? Yeah, Alex, I mean, this is who he's been at every level. I, I wrote a piece the other day, and he told me, he said, look, there is no other backup plan. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't think people realize that the kid hit 46 home runs in high school. He was a three-time All-State player in high school. He was All-American in high school. He's won every home run derby he's ever been in. He won a home run derby at Wrigley Field as a high schooler. He won a home run derby in Miami at their Marlins Park as a high schooler. Uh, he was a first-round pick. Uh, if you look at his history in the minor leagues, it usually takes him a couple weeks. He goes through these struggles. I think when he went from double A AA to triple A, he was three for his first 49, and then he took off and hit home runs like crazy. He, he, he knows he belongs. He has this confidence, you know, below the exterior. He, he's kind of dull when he talks. He's kind of emotionless. Huh. Uh, you know, Ali talks about all the time about trying to make him laugh, make him smile. But below that, there is, there is a confidence that burns, and, and he knows he belongs here, and he knows he's, he's going to be a star, too. John Denton is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work at cardinals.com and follow him on Twitter at John Denton 555. Uh, John, I'm fascinated by the Cardinals middle infield situation. That certainly includes Nolan Gorman. You've got Gorman in, in that mix. You've got Edmund Donovan and now Paul DeYoung has inserted himself in a significant way into that middle infield mix as well. He's been one of their best hitters in the month of May. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball, honestly, in the month of May. This is one of those good problems to have where it's kind of the opposite of the outfield where nobody produced and they were searching for answers. Everybody in the middle infield is producing. 
How do you think they handle this moving forward, John? It's one thing right now where you can kind of put Tommy Edmond into the outfield. You got the DH spot. Long term, how, how do you think they handle this middle infield mix? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, thank goodness Tommy Tommy Edmond can play the outfield, can play other positions. You know, with Tyler O'Neill out and Dylan Carlson out, it's allowed him to put him there. Uh, you know, I, I still think. You know, Tommy Edmond is a gold glover for a reason. He's a guy that you want on your infield. He's not a guy you're going to go away from. We saw last night he even had the 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 baseball IQ to switch, you know, from instead of being left against right, ended against a right-hander, had a triple, had a double. Uh, you know, Tommy Edmond's a winner. He's a guy you want in your lineup. I, I think last season I think he was probably the third most important player on that team behind Paul, Paul Goldschmidt and, and Nolan Arenado, uh, but but hey, what if what if somebody had told you that 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 in, uh, that Major League Baseball teams spent a billion dollars on shortstops this offseason, and Paul DeYoung would have more home runs than any of them? Uh, you know, Paul DeYoung plays a solid shortstop. You know, he he plays a solid shortstop, and if he hits, he's going to stick. So that that allows them to, to bounce Tommy around. You know, I think those are their two. Those are their two anchors in the infield, and then you take Brendan Donovan and you play him anywhere and everywhere. So, John, while the infield has been impressive, the outfield maybe not so much for this team because it seems like they've been searching for answers for a really long time. But I want to hone in on Tyler O'Neill because now that you're seeing Lars Newpar continuously be out there and you're seeing some success with Brendan Donovan in the outfield, Alec Burles and Juan Yepes, you've got Jordan Walker in the minors. I mean, it felt like Tyler O'Neill was on the fast track to returning last week, and now we're not hearing anything about it. Do you feel like the Cardinals are kind of, to cite my favorite song, Boys to Men, End of the Road? Are they at the end of the road with Tyler O'Neill? Man, it, it really feels like a, one of those situations where maybe maybe a fresh start is needed, maybe a change of scenery is needed. Uh, you know, Tyler went through all those hamstring injuries last year, had a shoulder injury. He was really hoping that this would be the year that he could stay healthy. Uh, you know, he spent his all season in St. Louis working, uh, wanted to make this a bounce back season, make this more like 2021 when he finished eighth in the league in, in MVP voting, but it just hasn't happened. Uh, you know, this back thing, they had to scratch him for a game in LA. He went on the list on the fifth. It looked like last week he was getting close to being ready to go out on a, on a, uh, a minor league assignment. And then he, you know, the, the pain comes back and they were going to restart him on Monday and the pain came back. So they had to scratch that again. So, you know, there is no timetable. Ali Marmol is still telling us it's a strain, uh, you know, but the, the number one ability is availability. And what's, what's the saying in the NFL? You can't make the club from the tub. You know, you, as he's sitting back in St. Louis, other people are, are taking his job and it just makes you wonder what the future looks like for Tyler O'Neill and the Cardinals. John, what is it with the back? Like, do, do they have an idea of specifically what's wrong? I know they said that they had him go to a doctor to see if there was anything structural and I'm guessing, I mean, I haven't heard anything on that, so I'm guessing the answer was no, it's not structural. What's going on with his back? Do you know? Somebody, somebody told me long ago, if you, once you have a bad back, you have a bad back the rest of your life. You don't ever get over it. So it's always there. They're still saying it's a strain. You know, I, he's done plenty of imaging. Uh, I think they've even gone in for a second round of imaging. So the imaging isn't showing anything structural, uh, you know, as far as what we're being told. So it's one of those things where you just got to, you know, that person knows his body better than anyone else. And 
right now Tyler is you know, is telling the Cardinals that there's too much pain to to you know to keep continuing. One more follow up on that. If you had to guess right now, John, would you guess that Tyler O'Neill has played his final game in a Cardinals uniform already? I, I, don't, I don't think he's played his final game because Brendan. I mean. If he's going to have trade value, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be back on the field and, and show, you know, you don't you don't want to trade him at this point because you're going to get pennies on the dollar. If you can get him back healthy, get him on the field, you know, then you make the decision there. If he's healthy, if he can be productive again, then you can get, you know, adequate trade value for him. But, you know, right now when he's injured and he's off the field, he has no trade value. So, you know, like coaches always say, like for you know, I've asked this question for years and years and years. When they have a log jam, it'll eventually play itself out. You know, guys will emerge, guys will fall back, and you know, right now because Tyler's not on the field, he's falling back. And but you got to get him healthy to be able to get the requisite trade value out of him. John, on the pitching side of things, specifically in the rotation, I mean, I've rode this roller coaster all season long, where it feels like they're starting to make progress, and then it takes a step backwards. The one hit on the Cardinals over the last few seasons is in the pitching side of things. They're just not willing to be aggressive via trade. Do you get a sense that this might be the season that the Cardinals could be aggressive via trade for a starting pitcher? Oh boy. <laughs> I, I think they, they will be because, you know, uh, uh, Mr. DeWitt pointed out and Mo both pointed out uh, during the warm up that there was some wiggle room. There was some room, there was some money to spend. Uh, there was extra dollars that maybe they didn't spend over the off season. Uh, Mo also said one thing, and then he said they didn't pursue a pitcher, and he told you guys last week that he did. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, I do think that there's room, and I do think this team has shown that they will go out and get pitching. You know, last year to go get Johan Oviedo, to go get Montgomery. I mean, they they don't win that division without getting those two guys. Uh, You know, so if they can do that again, I think there's room there to do that. But, are they going to trade Jordan Walker? Of course not. Are they going to trade Nolan Gorman? Of course not. Like people have to understand, to get something, you have to give up something very significant. And imagine right now if Nolan Gorman was playing for another team, how angry oh Cardinal fans gosh. would be if he was smashing these kind of home runs for another team. They had traded him away in the offseason. Cardinal fans would be irate. So know that there are very few, you know, strong, you know, solid, top caliber pitchers, and. You know, the first player they're going to ask for is Jordan Walker. And the second player they're going to ask for is Nolan Gorman. Does anybody in Cardinal Nation want those guys traded? So, you know, you, you don't you don't get top guys without giving up your top prospects. That's not how it works here in Cardinals Nation, John. All they have to do is say, we will give up uh, the future prospects. Paul DeYoung. Or actually, honestly, the past Paul DeYoung that wasn't hitting. We're giving him up. We're giving up Tyler yeah. O'Neill, And then in return, you get Shohei Otani. That, yeah. That's the way the Cardinals <laughs> trades. They seem to work they out. They can pick from guys in our yeah. A-ball club, John. And <laughs> yeah. the Angels give us Shohei Otani. John, final yeah, yeah. question. And uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Matthew Liberatore, I've been kind of curious with the way that they've handled him in this most recent time up. Mo told us on Friday, I guess it was, that the Cardinals were planning to have him available out of the bullpen over the weekend, and then he was going to make a start either in Cincinnati or in Cleveland. Then the bullpen got a little fried over the weekend, and they said, okay, he's actually going to be available last night and tonight out of the bullpen, and then that may mean that he doesn't make a start in Cincinnati or Cleveland. What's your understanding of the way that they've handled that this Matthew Liberatore situation? And John, do you think it makes sense? You know, I think Matthew Liberatore is wired to be a starter. He's been a starter his whole life. He's going to be a starter in the future. 
But right now, you know, Ali Marmol said last night, he said, look, when you're the young guy, when you're the 26th man on the roster, you have to fill a role. You have to, to, to you know, be, be versatile and, and fit in where you're needed, that sort of thing. Uh, do I think it's fair to Matthew Libertor? No. Do I think this is the best role for him? No. I think he should be a starter, you know. And, but, but they also said, and I can live with this, you can't fry your bullpen at the expense of getting him one start. They needed him available last night. If, if Wainwright had been knocked out after the second inning, they need Matthew Libertor to go in there and eat up four or five innings. Uh, you, you've got to have that guy available. If Steven Matz goes out there tonight and gets knocked out in the first inning or second inning, you've got to have that guy. You can't, you know, ask your bullpen to cover seven or eight innings because that, that, that fries the bullpen for the next three or four days. So, you know, it, it's just this point where Libertor is 23 years old. He's kind of flexible. He can do both. Uh, right now they need him to do both. But, you know, if, if Steven Matz pitches well tonight, as he did last July when he came to Cincinnati and got a win, uh, you know, I, I think Libertor will get a start in, in Cleveland this weekend. Interesting. John, we appreciate the time as always, man. We're reading all your work over at Cardinals.com. We're following you on Twitter at John Denton 555. Enjoy yourself up in the great state of Ohio, and we'll talk with you again next week, my friend. Sounds great, BK. You guys have a good show. Take care.